It's August 29th, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. Chris Kotnor is out on special assignment. Our top stories today. A team from the UN's International Atomic Energy Agency is heading to the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine on a safety mission, Director General Rafael Mariano Grossi announced today. Grossi tweeted that the IAEA team is now on its way to the plant, which Russian forces seized in March, but which Ukrainian staff continue to operate. Grossi said he will lead the mission, which is due to arrive at the nuclear facility later this week. The planned IAEA visit comes after the plant was temporarily disconnected from the Ukrainian electricity grid last week with the country's energy operator warning over the weekend of the risks of a radioactive leak at Zaporizhia. Iran's president warned this morning that any roadmap to restore Tehran's tattered nuclear deal with world powers must see international inspectors end their probe on man-made uranium particles found at undeclared sites in the country. In a rare news conference marking his first year in office, President Ibrahim Raisi also issued threats against Israel and tried to sound upbeat as Iran's economy and real currency has cratered under the weight of international sanctions. Under the 2015 nuclear deal, Tehran could enrich uranium at 3.67%, while maintaining a stockpile of uranium of 300 kilograms under constant scrutiny of IAEA surveillance cameras and inspectors. As of the latest public IAEA count, Iran has a stockpile of more than 3,800 kilograms of enriched uranium. More worryingly for nonproliferation experts, Iran now enriches uranium up to 60% purity, a level it never reached before and is a short, technical step away from 90%. Those experts warn Iran has enough 60% enriched uranium to reprocess into fuel for at least one nuclear bomb. Pakistan is bracing itself for worse to come after catastrophic flooding killed almost a 1,000 people across the country in June. Prime Minister Sharif said 33 million people had been hit by the floods, about 15% of the country's population. He said the losses caused by floods this season were comparable to those during the floods of 2010 and 2011, said to be the worst on record. The U.S., U.K., and U.A.E., and others have contributed to a disaster appeal, but more funds are needed, officials say. Elsewhere, on Friday, a Mexican government official leading a truth commission said six of the 43 college students disappeared in 2014 were allegedly kept alive in a warehouse for days, then turned over to the local army commander who ordered them killed. Interior Secretary Alejandro Encinas said authorities were closely monitoring the students from the Radical Teachers College, 
from the time they left their campus through their abduction by local police in the town of Iguala that night. A soldier who had infiltrated the school was among the abducted students, and Encinas asserted the army did not follow its own protocols and try to rescue him. The Defense Department did not immediately respond to a request for comment about the allegations Friday. Electricity shortages in China's southwestern Sichuan region have begun to ease, ending a two-week-long energy crisis, state broadcaster CCTV reported on Sunday. Temperatures in the region have dropped from their highs of over 104 degrees Fahrenheit, leading to reduced demand for air conditioning. But the severe drought in the Yangtze River Basin has yet to let up, leaving experts warning that the energy crisis may not be over because Sichuan is in normal times a hub for hydroelectric power, delivering a surplus to the rest of the country's network and accounting for a total of 30% of China's hydroelectric output. Major factories like Toyota, Volkswagen, and Foxconn, which supplies parts for Apple, have been forced to reduce or stop production, exacerbating supply chain issues created by the pandemic and China's zero-COVID policy. Four organizations representing European judges filed a lawsuit Sunday against the Council of the EU over its decision to greenlight Poland's recovery plan despite ongoing rule of law concerns. The judges' groups argued that the Council approved Warsaw's recovery and resilience plan in a way that disregards judgments from the Court of Justice of the EU and harms both Polish judges and the European judiciary system. In June, the Council signed off on a plan that would allow Poland to access billions in coronavirus recovery funds if it meets a set of milestones, including reforming a controversial disciplinary regime for judges. The lawsuit's aim is, in part, to prevent Poland from accessing funds until it complies with court rulings rather than this blueprint. On Saturday, tensions boiled over in Tripoli as militias loyal to the Tripoli-based government fought other armed groups allied with a rival administration that has for months sought to be seated in the capital. The clashes killed 32 people and wounded 159 people, according to Libya's health ministry. The country has been unable to stabilize after a NATO-backed uprising toppled and killed longtime dictator Muammar Gaddafi in 2011. The current stalemate grew out of the failure to hold elections in December and Prime Minister Abdul Hamid Dibaba's refusal to step down. In response, the country's East-based parliament, Fathi Bashagha, who has for months sought to install his government in Tripoli. In lighter news, a Thai zoo's escape animal drill is going viral after photos and videos emerged showing a zoo employee in an ostrich costume fleeing from keepers. The zoo posted photos to Facebook showing the employee dressed in an ostrich costume and makeup, being chased through the facility's Africa Zone 
by zookeepers after simulating an escape from the zone's show area. The Facebook post said the drill was designed to build readiness, enabling real situation management, and to prepare measures for when animals escape. Unfortunately, in our escaped podcaster drill last week, Chris went missing. We will hope to capture him again before he gets used to life outside the recording booth. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at thedsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Dr. Kamran Bokhari, Director of Analytical Development at the New Lines Institute, about the potential contours of the new Iran nuclear deal. Go to thedsrnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.